Alright, alright, alright. Let's get straight into this. So, tonight we have Manchester United, the defending title holders versus Newcastle United, the up-and-coming EPL team that is dead set to make a statement for themselves this season, not only in England, but also in Europe. It's the Carabao Cup. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Glory Reds podcast. And I'm going to be doing the preview by myself of Manchester United versus Newcastle. Now, look, this is going to be a tough match. Um, definitely getting into this match with a lot of emotions. We haven't really been having the best of results. We recently just lost to our rivals in the in the Manchester derby this weekend. So I know emotions are high. I know tempers are all over the place. And right now we can only hope and pray that we can come and salvage a result. Because guys, don't forget, we met Newcastle in the final of this competition last season. And we won it. So Newcastle is definitely, definitely coming back for revenge. Like I said, um, they're up and coming in England, up and coming in Europe. And they're dead set to really put their mark down. And these guys are hungry. More hungry than I can say we are. Now, before I get into the nitty gritty of this preview, let me go over my predicted starting 11 for this match. Now, we have sort of seen a trend with Ten Hag. And I know as much as we want him to change his style of play, his formation, the players he's going to start. Honestly, we can just expect, you know, him to put out basically the same team that he's been putting out for the past previous fixtures. Now, I will say that I'm definitely going to see some changes in that back line. Um, against Manchester City, started Victor Lindelof, Harry Maguire, and Johnny Evans. When he was asked about it, he said that was a tactical thing that he made. It was a tactical decision. So I don't know what tactical this. I don't know what tactics was going for starting all three of those players. I don't know if Varane, Regulon were not fit to start in the United derby. So he could have just been saying it just to protect the players knowing that they're not going to be fit for this game and he didn't really want to give anything away but albeit it was a derby you know if they were fit to play I still believe he should have gone and started those players and not started Maguire, Victor Lindelof and Johnny Evans but anyway that's another conversation we're here to talk about the preview of this Carabao game so starting 11 um, Onana in goal uh, I don't see him changing his keeper anytime soon and to be honest, his performance has actually improved. He had seven saves in the Manchester derby. So, you know, he's a player that's really getting into his own. And he should continue to play more games, continue to build up his confidence, you know, so that he can be the best version of himself. It's never easy starting off as a goalkeeper for Manchester United. And I'm just happy that he's actually starting to save some of those goals that we're panicking about during the beginning of the season that she was kind of failing to get a hold of. But anyway, that's Onana in the goal. To lower our right back in the middle, I'm going to go with Varane and Harry Maguire. Now, this is a very controversial one because I honestly believe that, yes, even though Harry Maguire has been having good performances, um, but those performances came against teams that you can't really say were demanding. Um were not really threatening you know when I, when I meant demanding like demanding in pressure 
you know, um, they never really tested Harry Maguire. They never really got him out of his comfort zone. And I think that Man City game was a true testament and a true reflection of Harry Maguire in our starting eleven against a team that's actually quite formidable. And Newcastle is a team that is very formidable. Newcastle is honestly, they're hungry. I mean, we've seen what they've done so, so far this season in the Champions League. They're literally top of their group. And right now, they're ahead of us in the Premier League, and they're doing very well. Now, they are starting to show a little bit of signs of fatigue and slowing down because obviously they're not used to playing this many number of games because, you know, this is the first time they're, they're, they're finished so high up in the competition in a very long time. This is the first time they're back in the European Championship in a very long time. So, and the games in the in the championship, um, in the in the River Championship, is way more competitive and way more demanding than some of the other competitions that they've been involved in in the past. So this whole different ball game for them. This is new territory that they're in. So we can only cross our fingers that um, they're feeling a little bit fatigued, not really up to scratch, and we can take advantage of that. And as embarrassing it is to say, it's the truth because honestly, the way we are playing right now, we can only hope that teams that are sitting above us have a bad game in order for us to win. But anyway, like I said, we'll get into that. Let me finish my starting 11. Onana in the goal, Diego Delo right back, Varane and Harry Maguire center back pairings. And I'm going to go with Sergio Regulon starting at left back position. I don't think you'll be starting Victor Lindelof for this fixture. In the midfield, I'm going to go with um, Amrabat and Scott McTominay. Yes, I do think Ten Hag will start Scott McTominay because at this point, the way I see it is he's starting players according to fitness and nothing else. He's starting players that are fit to play 90 minutes and then he'll figure out the rest during the match because uh, honestly, it makes no sense these previous games why he's been starting some of these players. Even though Scott McTominay did score a couple of goals that won us games where we could have lost and lost points. And I get the whole thing of, you know, reward players for their good efforts and their good work. But we also have to understand that these were not teams that are particularly good, you know, and Scott McTominay is an impact player. He's an impact player if you play him right and if you play him in the correct position. And unfortunately, the way... You know what? I'm getting into it. I said I'm gonna finish starting eleven before I get into anything else. So, um, one more time. <laughs> Onana in the goalpost. Diego Dalov, Victor Lindelof. Ah, uh, sorry. Um, Varane, Harry Maguire, Regulon. That's the defense. In the midfield, Amrabat, Scott McTominay, and I'm gonna go with uh, Bruno Fernandez. And I'm gonna go with the front three of Mason Mount, Marcus Rashford, and Rasmus. Hoyland. Score prediction, I'm going to go for 2-1 to Newcastle. Even though we're playing at home, I still think Newcastle have shown enough evidence that they're actually the team in favor of winning this fixture. And, you know, I, I made a big mistake in my prediction and I don't really want to call it a mistake. All right, Manchester United is my club. And I think it's 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 only right and it's only fair for anybody who's supporting the team to be optimistic and believe that they're going to win regardless of whatever form they're in. Because if that was not the case, then literally a lot of these clubs that are sitting bottom of the league in the championship competition, League One and all these small division, you know, they wouldn't have supporters. 
and that's the beauty about football you know and, and the fan base that stay loyal to their club and i'm loyal to my club and even though we're going through rough times i always want to stay optimistic and for that derby game it was a really special occasion it was one of those occasions where i had to back my team regardless and fair enough you should be backing your team every single game but that was a derby you know <laughs> that one that match held a lot of weight I, there was no other way i could go about it but just stick to hopeful thinking even though the signs were right in front of us that it was going to be a very difficult game for us to overcome and actually go ahead and win and i'll say the same thing for this match as well and this match yes um newcastle is no you know what can i say um Basically, I don't want to say they're our rivals, so to say, you know, but they are a team that if we do lose to them, it, it you know, it, it won't just be like another a loss to like a Brentford or a Crystal Palace or whatever, you know, especially with their recent performance and their recent achievements. They're just the team that we just do not want to lose to. I mean, we beat them in the Carabao Cup final and then we played them again in the in the Premier League and they went and beat us, you know. So that they they're definitely a team that we do not want to lose against. But like I said, um, I'm going to give my score prediction. I've given my score prediction with open eyes, with the most rational, you know, mindset as possible. And like I said, I just don't think United are capable of going out and winning this game. Now let me get into it. Let me finally get into it. Now that I've I've put out my prediction. I've put out my starting eleven prediction. I've put out my score prediction. Alright, now let's get into why I think United won't win. But I'm also gonna say this, right? Depending on how Ten Hag sets up his team, we could stand a chance to win. We could. But if he's gonna go with this starting lineup, I highly doubt it. Now, let me reframe. Okay, let me go back and let me talk about that midfield and the the forward three. Okay, because I did mention them, but I'm gonna put them basically in the positions where we believe Ten Hag is going to start them. So obviously, Rasmus Hoyland's gonna start up front. Marcus Rashford is going to you know regain his position to the left and then to the right. Um, I do believe he's going to push uh, Bruno Fernandes. To the right and then in the midfield it seems like he's giving scott mctominay a more advanced role um, now that he's starting him so scott mctominay number 10 and then mason mount even though i don't think he should be starting in that position will most lock most likely be playing around that area with um with amrobat now and how a lot of people think that he may start christian erickson in that um, defensive midfield position but i highly doubt it because like i said it seems like he is playing players that are fit and honestly i haven't heard any news about casimero as yet about his injury so i highly doubt that he's going to be featuring in this game i'm not even sure if he was on the bench against man city let me just quickly check and let me see if he was on the bench i highly doubt it but good news is um, Kobe Menu is now playing. He played actually in one of the fixtures recently, but for the under, I think under 21s or something like that. So he did play a game, um, but he was pulled off uh, very early. It was I think in the second half, or he didn't start the second half, something like that. But it, it, the signs that at least he's close 
to be being to be match fit and if that's the case and he will be match fit that can only be good news for us all right so here i have it over here and yeah he was not on the bench so we had Regulon on the bench, Veron on the bench, who of course didn't start. Regulon, you know, was substituted in. Kobe Menu was on the bench. So, like I said, Kobe Menu is a player that may feature for us. But, you know, with the current players that he insists on starting game after game after game, I just don't see us getting a result. I honestly don't. And this is not even me trying to be negative about it, it's just the facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the the midfield. I mean, Christian Eriksen came out and said it. The midfield is so unbalanced. You know, the team is so unbalanced, and I and this is not an an excuse, but unfortunately, with the type of injuries that Manchester United have, you know, Ten Hag just does not want to change his system according to the players that we have and i think that ultimately is going to be his downfall that ultimately has been his downfall in these fixtures you know and it's going to continue being his downfall moving on if he's not going to try and switch things up so newcastle in the past five games in the premier league have not lost they have won three and they have drawn two right so you can say that pretty much in in good form you know nothing too too hectic we have won three lost two but obviously when you look at the the games which have won you know it's it's, it's teams that were supposed to be beating where i think newcastle have had way more challenging fixtures leading up to this um to this clash between us now they do have isaac in their team that has been picking up good form for them this season and if I'm not mistaken, he should have an injury, a slight injury. He may not be available for today's fixture. But with that being said, yeah, he has a groin injury expected back on the 25th of November. But with that being said, they still have Cullen Wilson. Cullen Wilson has been scoring goals and you continue scoring goals. And he's not their only threat. You know, there's Trippier coming in from the defense with the with the assists, the free, the, with the, sorry. Um, yeah, with his assists from, from corner kicks, from, from set pieces. You know, he's a really good asset for them. And at this point in time, he's obviously looking way fitter than Sergio Reguilon. And I don't know if Sergio Reguilon is going to be able to handle him when he comes charging down, you know, the flanks. Because we have, it seems that with this current defense, we are struggling to shut down teams coming in from wide positions. It seems that's where a lot of teams are deciding to attack. United is coming um, wide, you know, taking taking on our our left backs because as much as Diego Delo has improved and you know some would say he's a better player than Aaron Wan Bisaka, um, I don't think when it comes to defensive duties he's he's as good as you know keeping the um, offensive players from penetrating into our box or stop them from putting crosses into the box because these teams are creating a lot of chances coming off wide positions so that's really gonna be a problem um, Almiron is playing very well. Um, who else in that team is doing the things? Um, we have Jacob as well, who has been playing very well for them. Bruno Gutierrez. Now, a lot of people say that, look, um, it may not be a priority match for Newcastle, so they may not start their strongest lineup, but I highly doubt it. I really think that Newcastle, um, especially against Man United, you know, get, getting a win from us will mean so much to them regardless of how united are right now 
that we're not the team that we once were you know we still sort of have that status we still sort of have this thing that teams can brag about if they beat us it's like a lot of the clubs take a lot of joy from beating man united and the thing is with man united is that you just don't know when the team is going to turn up you know so if we do decide to turn up and they come in lightly you know that they're the ones who are, it's going to be to their dismay because now we are going to get something over them and no team wants that but at the same time you know we could lose and that obviously plays in the favor of them because it's like hey we've beaten the you know the mighty man united even though we're not mighty anymore because we still think of ourselves in that way you know it's just something special when teams can actually get a point off us um but anyway so like i said um newcastle i don't believe i'm gonna hold back i think they're going to go you know balls to the wall um burn has always been a problem for us it's going to continue being a problem for us i don't know if anthony is going to manage to handle him and that's why i haven't put him in my starting 11 um not to say that bruno or any of those other players will do a better job but i just think that they'll do a better job in terms of probably working their way around him whereas with anthony um he tends to hold the ball a lot which is not a problem but you know that can easily see him in situations where um, Bruin gets the ball off him and we, we end up losing possession because um, he doesn't really try to take on players you know that often and as big as Bruin is he's not a slouch he's not slow at all so he's definitely a player that can pose some problems for us but yeah like I said if um, Ayrton Hub continues with this player positioning and, and player choices that he's making scott mctominy he's he's starting but again i just don't think you know playing him as a number 10 is the best thing to do because bruno plays well as a number 10 you know we get the best out of bruno playing him as a number 10 so you play him out of position it just doesn't help our situation it doesn't so look guys we, we say this over and over and i honestly wish that every time we did these episodes I had something new to say but it just sort of feels like i've become a parrot i sort of feel like the united community have just become parrots in our previous episode you know we spoke with ben and it's like what what's the conversation now because it almost feels like we've ran out of things to say because week after week we're going to be complaining and talking about the same things why is Scott McTominay starting why is Bruno out of position why is Rashford not being benched why is Harry Maguire starting why is Pelicci not being given a chance? Why is Gennaro not being given a chance? Why is Mabry not being given a chance? We're literally at a point where we just do not know what to say. And it doesn't help when the manager comes out and makes statements that make us seem like we do not know what we're talking about. You know, it almost makes it seem like we are watching two completely different games to what he's watching because he feels that Rashford is doing enough for him not to be benched and he believes that he needs to continue playing him until he gets his form right but what if he doesn't that's the scary thing because yes he had a good season last season but when you check Rashford's track record Rashford is this is probably his second best season ever in his career he's just not that type of player you know he's never been consistent he hasn't been consistent enough for us to trust him like that so if he's not on form you have to bench him 
you know, you have, because the last thing we want is another Sancho situation of a player feeling that um, he's not getting his his chance. He's not getting what is due to him. And, you know, the team is built out of favorites from the manager. And, he, you know, some players just become so undroppable that, and I don't want to say they do this, but it, it almost feels like they're okay not having a, a, a good game. They're okay having a bad game because they know that they're not going to be dropped by the manager. So, yeah, guys, honestly, you know, I could go on and on, but I will, I am going to leave it here. I just wanted to give you guys the preview and, you know, how I just feel this match would, will go. I, like I said, I, I don't see us winning. You know, the only way I see us having a chance of winning, let me revise that starting 11, right? Onana is in the goal. Diego Delo, right back. Varane, centre-back pairing with Victor Lindelof. Left-back, Sergio Reguilon. In that midfield, Amrabat, Kobe Mino, if he's fit to start. If he's fit to start. Bruno Fernandes as our number 10. Ganacho as our number 11. Rasmus, let me just say left wing. <laughs> I recently, you know, had a conversation with a friend. And, you know, he was telling me that he watches soccer. You know, he's into it and stuff like that. But... He's just never understood numbers um, in terms of player positions. And sometimes I tend to forget that because, you know, it's like some people. Sorry, I'm going to divert a little bit for now. You know, you get some people who are really into cars. And maybe they're really into cars on a commercial level, right? And in a sense of they will name any car that passes by. They just know cars like that. But they don't know, like, the in-depth stuff about the car. You know, they know that... 320 horsepower, you know, if you tell them that this car's got 320 horsepower, this car's got, you know, 250 horsepower, don't understand that the one with more horsepower is most likely going to be the faster one, but other than that, they don't really know anything technical about the car, but anything on the commercial front, they know how much it costs, if it's a luxury car, you know, what model it is, you know what I mean, some of the tech features and stuff like that, but anything beyond that, that gets technical, and so talking about slip diff, you know, and, you know, traction and all of that. Okay, traction probably don't understand, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, six cylinders, and fuel injection, and, you know, all that technical stuff. It gets a little bit, you know. And, yeah, it just made me wonder, like, all the time I've been, like, we've been having these podcast episodes, and I'm like, oh, number three, number six, number eight, number 11, number nine. I'm just, it's only dawned on to me, like, wow, maybe some people don't actually understand when I say, number 11 but anyway i've diverted too much um so in the left wing position <laughs> ganacho up front rasmus hoyland and then our number seven on the right wing um i would have palestri playing in that position um because i believe he's, he's a direct player really fast always looking to get into the box, always looking to make a pass into the box, always looking for, you know, our number one man. And I feel that Ganacho, as much he's as much as he he's got an eye for goal, and you can say similar like with Marcus Rashford, like it's almost like his first instinct is to find the back of the net before making a pass. I do believe that Ganacho offers more in terms of, you know, trying to find a player or passes than what Rashford does. Rashford I think he does it when he's got no other options. Like, if he does not have a clear line of goal, you know, that's only when he looks to find 
his man to post. Um, but other than that, you you know you always try to look for the back of the net, and it's not a bad thing. But if you're not on form, uh, that's when it starts to look bad. Um, but yeah, that's basically my starting eleven um, that I would put out to go and challenge Newcastle to beat them. But with the first starting eleven that I put out, I just don't think that we stand a chance. So yeah, guys. Anyway, that's the match preview. Um, we're gonna be starting in T minus two hours thirty minutes, depending on when you listen to this episode. You know, maybe it'll be an hour before thirty minutes. Hey, it could even be after. You know, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with listening to you know our thoughts about how you know we thought the match would turn on. But yeah. But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Chloe Reds podcast. We should have been tomorrow um, for the reaction. Um, of the match so let's just hope that we can go out there and get a victory don't forget guys on all your favorite podcasting streaming platforms just type glory reds fc and you'll see our logo it's the triton fc glory reds red and yellow subscribe so that every time an episode gets uploaded it, you know you get notified by it and then you can just listen to you know um one of our latest episodes uh, our website is glory reds fc.co.uk you know, you can jump onto it. We have some stories up there, community page, and, you know, just to get more involved in the community. But anyway, guys, catch you guys in the next episode, and I'm out. Peace.